Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn in for Max. I've got Key here with me. And we've got you. Or do I have you say, with me? <laughs> All right. Is that how it is? I'm the host, though. You're with me. I'm driving well, you, the car, you, man. You, you, you're the co-host filling in for Max Keller. Well, then, all right, then you take it out of break, then, and you say you've got me with you. I mean, <laughs> that's how that's to work. We're together. How about that? Key and I are together today, and that's what you've got. And we also have you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. At the you very know, beginning um, of the show, Key, ask the question, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie. Yes, hypothetical, but play along. What would that make the Lakers in the West? You feel like it would put them right behind the Warriors? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm looking at – I was looking at the, 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 the rejoin we came back in. I'm looking at the highlights on yeah. television. Yeah. I, I mean, come on, man. Dude, I don't care about all the other stuff. Because the highlights is convincing me. He really didn't do that much damage to the way people making it seem. Now, the highlights – the highlights are probably messing with my mind a little bit, but because, dude, it's good, man. He's so good, you're going to put up with whatever little bit of what we think is a distraction. Well, little bit. It is. Little whatever bit. little bit we think. Because, and the reason I say that is because I think back to his days in Cleveland, young, didn't understand LeBron. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, that situation soured. But he didn't do the things that he did in Boston or he's done in New Jersey, I mean, in Brooklyn with the Nets. He's been, you know, missing time due to whatever situations come up. But he didn't do that in Cleveland. And I'm watching him up and down the court, and I'm saying to myself, I said, if LeBron could talk to him and they on the same page and they understand, man, you better get that deal done if you're the Lakers. That's right. You know, if you can make it happen, I just feel like Kyrie with a leader that can be, a, you know, somebody that can work with and get in his ear. Hey, listen, man, we're with you. We support what you're doing there, but your brothers need you, man. Like we need you out here. Different like, that conversation. Kind of conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it might have happened over the last couple of years, no doubt about it. But but all right. So how about what Draymond Green told Bloomberg over the weekend? Again, it's all hypothetical, but because free agency starts on Friday. And you have basically the ability for him to tell the Nets, I'm not going to take my option. I'm walking into free agency. And we'll know that by Thursday. We may not even know it by Wednesday. And if that happens, now, of course, the Nets have to figure out what they want to do going forward. But for him to walk away from $36 million, that's his option. You know, that's <laughs> precarious in a market where there is there, there's no – there, there's no teams with cap space. No one that you would want to go to, so you'd have to get real creative. But here's what Draymond told Bloomberg over the weekend with this hypothetical hanging in the balance. With LeBron James, if you give them someone like Kyrie, they'll have a chance because of the way Kyrie can score the basketball. LeBron will only put him in a position to do that. Kyrie has not proven to be a great leader. LeBron will put an umbrella over that. If you can do what you're good at, you have LeBron leading. They could contend. But, of course, he adds, but they won't beat us. But That's still. okay. He should feel confident. They just won a championship. That's right. Draymond's still riding high right now. Um, but I think everything he's saying, Han, though, is, is correct. You you certainly put them in 
a situation with Kyrie LeBron and AD where they're right on Golden State's heels. I would probably put them on par even with a healthy Clipper team. Okay. Uh, they'll be top three in the West for sure, 100%, no questions asked, because they were a top three team two years ago in the West, and they wind up winning the championship because of that, three years ago, better yet. Right. And we, we, we talk about also the whether it's the relationship aspect, as we were just saying a few minutes ago. Well, you have LeBron there, and he could get in his ear and talk to him. We forget mm-hmm. That those two had a divorce where Kyrie left. He, I don't want to be part of this. He didn't. He felt like an underling. He would talk about that all the time regarding LeBron. He didn't like it. He wanted to be at his level. The two of them since then have talked about how they were both wrong. LeBron said, "I like you see what he does with Anthony Davis, right? Kid, you see it yourself firsthand. He makes sure to keep pumping Anthony Davis's tires. Like keep making sure that this guy's a star. He's important to us. Talks him up. Talks him up." Kyrie also looks back on that relationship that he had with LeBron in Cleveland, and he said, I didn't handle it right. I was young. You know, I didn't understand how all that stuff. I would do it differently if I could do it over again. So it seems like there's a bit of a, of a thaw between the two of them, which is why this could work. Woj was on the show on Friday, and he was asked where Kyrie's relationship is right now with LeBron. I think it's absolutely good enough to play together. I think the relationships are a lot less important if you're the Lakers when you are as talent starved as they are you get over past issues quickly when you see a chance to bring in a talent whatever risk comes with that because you know right now you're not good enough now key your team doesn't have a lot of assets to offer to get a deal like this done because the only way a trade happens is if you convince someone to take russell westbrook's salary that's how it works but you don't have first. Like, if you had a bunch of firsts you could package with it, Oklahoma City does it all the time. They love, you know, they, they seem to love to do this stuff. And how it would be such a coincidence to send Russell Westbrook back to Oklahoma City and almost a salary dump, wouldn't it? But, well, go ahead. I was going to say, but you could get it done. It's just got to be strategically done. I think that they realize that maybe Kyrie has to take less money. Then you got to move Westbrook to open up a roster spot and get rid of that money to go get some other players to put around those three. And I think they could get it done. You just got to surrender some picks. What are your picks that you're willing to surrender? They don't have much. They don't have much at all. They, they gave a lot of them away already. As you saw this year, their first-round pick went to the Pelicans, and that was the reason why you got Anthony Davis and were able to do that. So you need help. You need other teams. Who in the NBA wants to help the, the, the Lakers? Not many teams want to help them not many teams want to help LeBron win another championship but I just feel like there's always a way especially if the motivation is there and if you're the Nets and you real maybe you just feel like maybe Sean Marks feels like you know what I want control of this franchise again and my only way of doing it is letting this guy walk you convince the owner let's we're better off we move on without him and we just build around Kevin Durant especially if as you know, we talked about earlier in the show, Kevin has said, I'm staying out of it. Everybody's predicting that if Kyrie walks, he will blow up and demand a trade. But he's saying, this is none of my business. I'm not involved in this. This is all about Kyrie and what he does. I can't get involved in it. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious to see where things go in the next couple of days. Because if the Nets want to move on or Kyrie wants to move on, the options are thin but they're actually really interesting. Do we have time for a call? Let's grab one more call. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. L.A. Wayne wants to chime in on this. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. 
Good morning. A special shout out to one of the great athletes to ever come out of Los Angeles, LA's own native son, Mr. Keyshawn Johnson. Good morning. Morning, sir. Hey, I just want to say that there's an element of incompetence that exists in the Laker front office. I'm just going to name three players real quick that they passed up on. They passed Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. They passed every one of them guys up. And here's the problem. If, if, if Kyrie came here to L.A., it's not enough. Because Glassman's going to break down. The guy's never played a full NBA season in his whole career. You can't count on him. He makes top dollar. The fans are getting cheated. The front office are get the owners are getting cheated. Get rid of this guy, man. Just just tear it apart and start all over again. You can't bank on this guy to be there for you. You just can't. Well, I think he might have been talking about Anthony Davis. It sounds like he was talking about Anthony Davis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Sure. I don't know that I want to get rid of Anthony Davis yet. I think Anthony Davis, when he's healthy on the floor, the Lakers are a special team. We he's shown that. that. Yeah, we we've shown that. Bubble, that. Key, right? Yeah, whether it was a bubble or not, but when he's on the floor, he's a special talent. And if you pair him with Kyrie and LeBron, who can, you know, get Kyrie right. See, I don't think. I don't think anything is wrong with Kyrie. I think Kyrie stands for what he stands for and believe in what he believes in, and people kind of take that and package that up because it's been a sequence of small events that they've turned into a larger situation. And that larger situation happened this year because of the vaccination stuff, and they put all the other stuff together and make it seem – I had a conversation with – I had a conversation with some guys the other day here in L.A. at the radio station that are Laker guys, and they were saying, I don't know, I don't know. You know, and it was just – it was it was pretty wild, the number of games that he actually missed due to injury versus other stuff. Right. When it, when it comes to Kyrie, I think most of the vitriol towards him is the fact that he just wasn't playing the game. Everything else, I think, goes away if he's playing and performing. So we'll see. All right, we'll continue that conversation. Also, tomorrow is a, uh, no pun intended, key day when it comes to the biggest story of the NFL season. We'll get to that next. KJM, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. And so what will happen here is that Lisa Freel will make a recommendation to the disciplinary officer, Sue Robinson. The National Football League Players Association also will make a recommendation, and they'll see whether or not they can agree on some sort of discipline. Roger Goodell will oversee the appeal. So even though the NFL and the union have jointly appointed this independent arbiter, in this case, Goodell still has sort of the power at the end if it goes to the appeal process. Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, Alan Hahn in for Max, hanging out with Keyshawn today. And let's bring in Jeff Darlington, our ESPN NFL reporter, to discuss some hot news or not news in the NFL. But before we get to that, though, Jeff, you heard our rejoin there, the audio on the way in. Deshaun Watson scheduled to have his hearing in front of Sue L. Robinson, who is the NFL disciplinary officer. Um, What do we know about tomorrow's hearing and what will we learn tomorrow as well? Well, first of all, you know, it is obviously very important that tomorrow's hearing is taking place from the standpoint that this does at least produce some feel of finality, that this will be the final step before we find out what Sue Robinson decides. But we shouldn't really claim to know too much because this is the first time that Robinson has been in a role that's really quite new to the NFL as well. She doesn't have any precedent here, any experience with NFL litigation like this, like with disciplinary processes. So, Whether this means that she'll rule right away, whether it means she'll take into account what the NFL and the NFLPA, or whether it means she already knows exactly what she's going to do, all remains to be seen. So uh, it's very important, yes, but also something that uh, we'll learn as we go through this process exactly what it means. Jeff, according to the uh, Wall Street Journal, the NFL is pushing um, right now for an indefinite suspension that would be no uh, shorter than a one-year ban from the NFL for Deshaun. Um, what, like, what are you hearing on those fronts? You know, it, it, to me, it's tough to to put a finger on it at this point, only because throughout this process, for the past several months, we've heard so many different things. I mean, at one point, a couple months ago, it was you know the talk around the league was that's expected to be a light suspension, and and then that obviously has also shifted toward feeling like it could be heavier. Look, I think it's very tough to tell only because um, this behind the scenes, the the legal process of this has been so fluid. I mean, not but a few weeks ago, we had two more added cases of women alleging um, improper conduct by Watson with civil lawsuits. So and then again, more recently, uh, most of those lawsuits have been settled. So very difficult to say exactly how Robinson is going to rule. Certainly, uh, a year suspension should not be treated as something unlikely. Uh, then again, it's very, it's quite honestly, Keyshawn, it's just tough to guess. Hey, Jeff Darlington, then tell us if he is suspended for a year, how do the Browns proceed? And is it likely that his side would appeal? Uh, the Browns would proceed in terms of just having to, I mean, if we're talking about a suspension, the likelihood is that Jacoby Brissett would start the season week one for the Browns. Uh, the appeals process would be very likely and it would be probably um, long and, and dramatic. And I think we'll hear a lot because the NFLPA 
as we know, uh, would plan and does plan to defend Deshaun Watson. So unless uh, the punishment is light and um, uh, unless it's something that Deshaun Watson simply accepts, uh, I would expect a long fight and I would expect the NFLPA to stand up for Watson, knowing that he is a member of their union and, uh, and, and that is their role in this process. If Deshaun is suspended the whole season, do you think the Browns should – rethink the Baker Mayfield trade? I think it's gone too far at this point. I mean, I cannot imagine. And this is this is merely just kind of understanding Baker's feelings toward it and the way the organization has handled it, that they can come back from that. I mean, can you even imagine that? You know, we signed this guy, he gets suspended for improper conduct. Uh, and, and hey, buddy, let's try to run this thing back. Like, that's it's just, it's so hey, unbelievably hey buddy. Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it, I mean, it would be. It I just, I, it's, it's an impossibility. It'd be, ins- it'd be insane to think that they could possibly try to go back to Baker. I mean, absolutely insane. It's a relationship built out of need at this point, right, for both sides. But I take your word for it. Jeff Darlington mm-hmm. joining us right now, our ESPN NFL reporter. All right, let's play some hot news or not news. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Hot news or not news. You ready, Jeremy? I, I wasn't ready until the music dropped. Drop, 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 drop. Now you're ready. This is sneaky hot news. Well, hot news. <laughs> hot news or not news time. Uh, the music dropped. That means it's time to go. So you heard Jeremy Fowler there. Our colleague reports that Jimmy Garoppolo will be cleared within the next few weeks and he will commence throwing. Is this hot news or not news? Jeff? Uh, it's it's important news to Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not necessarily news because we've known it for months. We've known kind of the timeline of what Jimmy G was working off of here. And by the way, everybody around the league has been waiting for this before uh, really expressing any interest to the 49ers. I still fully expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded before week one and really before training camp. Uh, but at this point, yes, throwing the football is certainly hot news and something that will lead to uh, more action with Jimmy G in the trade market. Yes, yeah, not news at all. I think when you look at Jimmy G and, and like you, everybody else continue to keep trying to figure out when he gets traded, there's only one team right now that even seems like it would even make sense, and it would be the Carolina Panthers. But why would you want to go to Carolina, and why would Carolina want Jimmy G? They're not going anywhere within the division. You certainly aren't trading him to Seattle because that's probably where Baker Mayfield's going to land. So Jimmy G right now is probably just sitting tight and idle waiting to see what happens. Hello, Cleveland. All right, hot news yeah. or not news. Fowler also reporting that Debo <laughs> Samuel has not officially uh, rescinded his no-trade clause. Is that hot news or not news? Um, also not news. I mean, I think the thing with Debo is, uh, since the day that he requested the trade, the hot news will be when he decides that he's going to play for the 49ers because in his mind, when he requested that trade, he meant it. And I know when he came back for minicamp and, and, uh, and he reported to the mandatory minicamp, people thought, oh, wow, Debo's back. But that was more about making sure that he got his paycheck. You know, uh, he didn't want to leave that money on the table and, Quite honestly, I, there's still some uh, really this relationship between the team and Debo still needs to come a long way, and that could come in the form of a contract. But until that happens, Debo Samuel still wants out. Not news. It won't become news till opening day for the San Francisco 49ers football team if he's not in the building. 
Otherwise, it's not news because he's not missing anything right. right now. Wow. Wet blanket. Keyshawn Johnson. Jeff Tarleton joining us right now. Hot news or not news. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. remains a free agent one month before training camp. Is this hot news or not news? Keyshawn and I have agreed a lot here today. This is interesting. And I'm wondering if he's going to agree with me again. Uh, look, man, I can, actually, I can't decide on this one. I don't think it's news yet, but I do think the fact that he's still out there should be something that the Green Bay Packers, for instance, are jumping on. Like, if he hasn't signed with the Rams yet, the most obvious destination for him, it is news in the sense that that is an opportunity for a team like the Green Bay Packers who need a wide receiver to go sign him. I don't know what the problem is there. So from that standpoint, I'll say it's hot news. See, it's not news because, again, he's not missing anything. He's coming off an ACL injury. The Rams are working, (laughs) trying to figure out the rest of their little salary cap, who they got to sign. They won't get him back into the middle of the year. They can always sign him. And then remember, if a guy is on your roster, Jeff, opening day, his salary becomes fully guaranteed. So if you sign him after opening day, it doesn't become fully guaranteed. So I'm I'm sure that's probably what the Rams are thinking. That part, obviously, you know, is the I part like that, that key. makes the most sense. Yeah, and of course, Keyshawn making sense. What time of the morning is it? Hot news or not news? Jeff Darlington joining us. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, said that after Gronk announced his retirement, he said, in my opinion, Gronk isn't done. He can see him coming back at some point this season. It wouldn't surprise him. Jeff Darlington, is that hot news or not news? Uh, not, not. I mean, it's not news because I agree so wholeheartedly that it would be so easy for Gronk in this situation to come back to the Bucks. If this was like, I don't know, even the Packers or the Vikings or a team like a cold weather city, I'd be like, no way Gronk's coming back. But the dude is a Florida man at this point. Like I could easily see him being <laughs> like, I'm down the street. I'll pop over. We'll do this thing again toward the end of the season if you need a little help. So to me, it's not news because it feels like it's – like a foregone conclusion at this point. It's called I don't care news. That's what it's called. I don't I don't if he comes back great. If he doesn't, <laughs> that's great too. I, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Doesn't does it change me good. watching the Bucks that's one way or key. another? You don't care about the, one of the all time great tight ends trying no, to come back I, and I, run it I, back I, again? I, no, I don't care. No, I, I care. Don't. It's an no. it's interesting story. A guy retires, unretires. <laughs> See, I, I also think he looks at Tom Brady and he goes, wait a minute. If, if Tom calls, because that's what Drew Rosenhaus said, if Tom calls him that he would come back, and I think at some point you have to say, Tom, you retired. It ain't on me that you unretired. We retired together. It was over. I'm and not coming back again. Especially some coming out of Drew Rosenhaus's mouth. I'm not listening to him. Oh, now we understand. <laughs> okay. Now we understand. There we go. We got him, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, great to catch up, man. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. All right, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, just, Keyshawn Johnson, saying, Alan, official wet blanket. No, I'm I mean, not. Dude, I just don't need to listen fun. to Drew Rosenhaus tell me about a guy, it. whether he's coming or going. I know. I, I get that part of it. And I felt like the timing of it was kind of poor, too. Him telling Adam Schefter that so quickly after the announcement of the retirement was, um, yeah, that was poorly timed. But to me, you might not care about I, – I think it's a very interesting story. But another one that's interesting is what Jeff Darlington said. He said there's no way Baker Mayfield 
will start week one for the Browns, that there's no way you can repair this, even if it's just one more year because they nope. both might Can't need do it. each other. Can't do it. Yeah, you say that. But, but I, I have an argument. You can't, but you can't, I can't have you coming back into the locker room. We've moved on from you. There's nothing. All right, well, I'm still going to make an argument of why it might need to happen. Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn with Key today with you and your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So, Key, you will not, you don't believe there's any way, and you're a guy that played in the league, you're in those locker rooms, you know what the, the, the politics can be like. You're saying that Baker Mayfield has burned the bridge so badly you can't let him back in that locker room, right? You feel strongly about that as a player. I don't think it's a burn the bridge. It's just that you've already told me as a player in the locker room that we've moved on from Baker Mayfield. We brought in a much better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. I am now uh, in a relationship with a different quarterback, and the other quarterback that I was in a relationship with you no longer is no longer in that relationship because you decided to part ways with him. It's very difficult for me to bring that guy back into the locker room, especially those feelings by guys that were bottled up about Baker Mayfield or throughout his tenure in Cleveland eventually got released public, not publicly, but inside that locker room discussing amongst each other about the way they really truly felt about Baker Mayfield. Now that they assume he was gone and we all know that in the locker room, right? We all know that in the building that a lot of chitter-chatter inside the locker room, both negatively and positively, was certainly said once Baker was essentially gone out of the locker room. Now you bring him back in there, that's not a good thing. Just not going to happen. There's no you know way. Else isn't a, well, you know what else is a good thing is the fact that if, and we'll find out maybe in the next couple of days, maybe in the next couple of weeks, whether or not you'll have Deshaun Watson even for the season, like, first, before we even take the next step, your expertise, your background, your perspective, do you see – what do you put the percentages on that Deshaun Watson might not play a game this season for the Browns? It, it sounds more and more like that that's the, the direction. It just feels that way coming from people that cover not necessarily the league but the, the, the league office that cover the league office, guys like Adam Shefty and Jeff Darlington and, and Jeremy Fowler, they cover the league office. We don't cover the league office. We cover the league. And so when you're hearing little things, little snippets coming out of the league office, it just sounds like they're going to get what they need in this situation, which is to make sure they get it right, that they're going to get it right. Okay. So now let's just move back to the Cleveland locker room. This is a roster that last year some people thought was good enough to contend. And the quarterback they point to as the reason why they weren't able to do that. So now you have this group back. That's that's miles off, you know, that's the odometer keeps spinning on a lot of these guys as you know year after year. I mean there's no wait till next year. I mean it's hard to tell 52 other guys wait till next year. But you essentially are doing that with Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback. Am I wrong to say that? Yeah, I mean, you you probably – there's a look, here, here's how I would say it if I was at the podium. There's probably a better chance of winning more games with Deshaun Watson at quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. That's yeah. how I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say it the way you said it. I'm going to say it more clean just because – 
right. think we all know that they're a much better team and they'll probably be in the playoff hunt with Deshaun Watson, possibly the Super Bowl. With Jacoby Brissett, they're just going to hold things together until Deshaun comes back if he's suspended the entire year. But you didn't answer the question. See how I did that, though? I'm not I know. Gonna... <laughs> no, no, I see what you did. You did the podium thing. But now it's private conversations in a locker room filled with guys who I'm going to now play 17 games, and you're telling me wait till next year? You're probably saying to yourself, damn, man. we." But we st- I still don't want Baker Mayfield back because I knew what that was from a personality standpoint. Mm-hmm. In a locker room, we know that one guy in OBJ was beloved. Another guy in Baker Mayfield, we liked him. We're not going to say anything bad about him because he's a quarterback right now, but we love OBJ. And if you got a problem with OBJ, then obviously we're going to have a problem with you. Those sort of things started to leak out once OBJ was gone, and then it got louder when Baker Mayfield essentially said people thought he was going to be completely gone. So it's hard to bring him back into that locker room. It just yep. it, it's, it's the I understand. hard thing. They see I, something totally. It's like you're going to a restaurant, right, Alan? And you, you, you like a tomahawk. Big old, nice with the bone. You want it cooked a certain way. And then they bring out a little six-ounce uh, uh, petite filet. You're going to be like, what is this? I just <laughs> got used to looking at the menu and seeing this giant tomahawk steak, and I'm starving to death, and you want to give me this petite filet. And that's what they saying about y'all over the last couple of weeks have given me this larger-than-life personality of a quarterback in Deshaun Watson who we can see taking us to the Super Bowl. We see the ball coming off his hands, and now mm-hmm. you're going to give me that again? Uh, yeah. I don't want that yeah. again. Yeah. and I'm, That's what yeah, it but is. I, but I'm telling you, like, it, it, look, I'm telling you that it is a dangerous game to play, though, with the locker room when you are now saying, all right, we have a guy – that we're paying, that actually has led us to the playoffs. And it's, it's, a, it's a marriage of convenience right now that will both walk away at the end of this thing, and it could benefit both to get us through and at least nope, not gonna be happen. competitive. Nope, well, not going to happen. Because as, as, as soon as something goes wrong in a game, then what? Miles Garrett walk over there to him and, and, and go well, at him. Why, or but that's, uh, Jadavion Clowney gets so teed off. Or, or Mari Cooper. But as Key is saying it, and if you're just joining us, Jeff Darlington also was just on with us, and he said the same thing. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, it would be insane to bring him back. She could take a, you know, a couple of weeks. She could come to a decision pretty soon. Uh, the league felt all along this would be wrapped up before training camp, and it is true. That wasn't it. This is I think it. it's gone too far at this point. I mean, I cannot imagine, and this is, this is merely just kind of understanding Baker's feelings toward it and the way the organization has handled it, that they can come back from that. Can you even imagine that? You know, we signed this guy, he gets suspended for improper conduct, and, and hey, buddy, let's try to run this thing back. Like, that's, it's an impossibility. It'd be, in, it'd be insane to think that they could possibly try to go back to Baker. I mean, absolutely insane. Insane, yes. And Keith said there's no way you can let him back in the locker room. Man, I just don't know how your option is to look at your locker room and say, we'll go then with a lesser quarterback who hasn't proven himself to be a starter that can lead a team to the playoffs while we already have a guy that we're paying right now that has proven to do it and knows our system. But do we know, but do we honestly know that Jacoby Brissett is less of a quarterback than Baker Mayfield? Do we know that? 
Because I mean, Jacoby Brissett certainly hasn't been around a whole lot of talent like on the Cleveland Browns roster right now. He didn't have all that talent in Indianapolis. In the short stint that he did start in, in New England in replace of Jimmy Garoppolo, he looked very efficient. That's why the Indianapolis coach went to get him. Do we honestly know that Jacoby Brissett isn't good? Or are we just assuming based on the Indianapolis Colts' experience in what little bit of snippet we saw in New England? We'll are find we out. sure? We'll, we'll know before Halloween. I promise you that. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Alan Hahn in for Max. Coming to you live from Seaport District, Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. Coming up next, why the Sixers and Nets could once again help each other out. Your problem, my problem, let's take care of them together. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM. Gentle lady. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Kyrie Irving has furnished a list of potential teams for the Nets to consider working on sign-and-trade agreements. Among those teams, the Lakers, Clippers, Nets, Knicks, Miami Heat, Dallas Mavericks, and the Sixers. Yes, by Friday, free agency begins. It's the fun time of year for the NBA because all 30 teams believe. And that includes key Knicks fans. It's usually this time of year where the belief kind of climbs in. And then, you know, you get to about October and then reality sets in. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, Alan Hunt in for Max. And we're joined by ESPN inside, NBA insider Tim Bontemps right now. Tim, how you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you? All right. Good, so we, we're, we're having fun with your list. It's the 10 questions dominating the NBA offseason and, of course, how NBA free agency will play out. It's on ESPN.com right now and i've been telling everybody when i give out the number is let's not play captain literal man we're going to go full hypothetical i mean i drag key in with me into this sports talk radio thing where anything's possible (laughs) right sure so number four on your list is something that we've been talking about today and your question is what's next for james harden and the philadelphia 76ers 
So before we get into how I've just turned this into a complete mosh pit, <laughs> answer your own question. What is next for James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers? Well, I think, Alan, what's next for the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden is that they're going to come to some sort of an agreement this week on having James Harden with the Sixers for the, some period of time moving forward. Now, we'll see exactly how long it is, what the exact numbers are, but I think there's optimism on both sides that something's going to get done here. Now, remember, there's all sorts of ties around here. You've got James Harden and Daryl Morey who were together in Houston got Tad Brown, the president of the team, who was also with those guys in Houston. And when this trade was made back in February at the deadline, the plan for everybody involved was for this to be a long-term partnership. And while the Sixers didn't get as far as they wanted to go in the playoffs this past season, I think when you see with the DeAnthony Melton trade they made uh, at the draft last week, the Sixers are going to go into this offseason with James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and then how do they find pieces that fit around those guys and make those guys better. And DeAnthony Melton, to me, is the exact kind of guy they need. Terrific athlete, great defender, great rebounder. The team was a bad rebounding team last year. Yeah. I think you're going to see more moves like that from the Sixers this summer. They're going to get hard and locked up. And I think when you look at the way the East sets up, where you've got a bunch of good but flawed teams at the top, if you're a team like Philly, you add a couple pieces to what they had last year, I think you can reasonably look at it and say, we have a chance to make a deep run in the East, and we'll see if they're able to. Okay, well, interestingly enough... So four was the question about James Harden. Question five in your top ten questions that dominate the NBA offseason on ESPN.com is, what's next for Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets? So if you could answer that question. Well, if I could answer that question, I would have a lot of money because (laughs) uh, I could predict the future. And, look, I I think all I will say about the Nets and about Kyrie is if you go back to the start of last season, we have seen the situation with these two parties, Kyrie and the Nets, change on a – week-to-week basis, a day-by-day basis, an hour-by-hour basis at times. And I think in looking at this going forward, that's to me how I'm viewing this until there's some sort of resolution, is that I don't think you can look at anything with any kind of certainty here in terms of how it's going to go. Now, obviously, as my colleague Adrian Wojnarowski has reported extensively, you know, this situation is not in a great place at the moment, and certainly the Nets would like to have, you know, KD happy and Kyrie happy and this team, you know, set up long-term to be – a contending team, but you know, I think trying to game out now exactly how this is going to shake out over the next few days, as you said, before three agency starts at six PM on Thursday on Thursday afternoon and before Kyrie has to decide on his player option for next season on Wednesday, you know, trying to guess anything in the future with Kyrie is a fool's errand and I think that's the case with this situation. Let, let's let's play the, the hypothetical Alan Hahn yeah, speaking stuff, of you fools, know. <laughs> let, let's do that. So what right. would be the what would be the best landing spot for Kyrie, assuming that he is no longer a Brooklyn Net as of Friday? Well, I think, Keyshawn, it depends on what you mean by best, right? I'll look at it from the standpoint of what are the most realistic ones. And to me, the most realistic ones are the ones he can get to on his own and not including a trade, because I think making a Kyrie trade is complicated. So one of those is he takes a massive pay cut and he signs for the Lakers on – some whether it's the tax mid-level exception for several million dollars or the full mid-level exception for around 10. And now as we saw this past season, Kyrie gave up a whole bunch of money um, because of his vaccine stance. So if you're going to see anybody give up a ton of money instead of signing a, a, you know, a max or near max deal to go to a team like the Lakers, I think you'd have to at least say Kyrie is capable of doing that. The team that I think is the most realistic option, though, in terms of getting paid is to go across town to the Knicks. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but when you look at what the Knicks did at the draft last week, getting all these draft picks for the 11th pick and the moves they made, shedding Kemba Walker's salary, not having the 11th pick on the books, 
the Knicks are a couple moves away from having max cap space this summer. And, you know, so I think from that standpoint, those two teams, I think, are the most realistic paths for him to get somewhere. As far as what the best fit is, I mean, look, Kyrie is a terrific talent. We have seen when he's been at his best, you know, specifically with the Cavs in Cleveland, it's when somebody else is handling the ball and his job is just go out and score. We saw last year when James Harden was with the Nets, he pretty much happily gave over point guard duties to him, served as a shooting guard. So I think in terms of trying to optimize Kyrie, that's probably what you want to do. And ironically, the best fit for him overall, Keyshawn, to me, is with the Nets, where if Ben Simmons is playing next year and he's operating as the point guard, getting the ball to Kyrie and to Kevin Durant, I think that's got a chance to be a really, really good team and a perfect fit for those guys' skill sets if they can get all these guys on the court. Yeah, and obviously if they can get him to take whatever the offer is that they're willing to give him, but not obviously fully guaranteed. The Nick thing, though, would be completely ironic because the guy they didn't want to sign, which cost them getting KD, although it's in 2019, ends up being the guy they get and not KD. But I, I digress on that one. Tim, I want you to do me a favor. We're talking with Tim Bontemps. Um, just, just at least just indulge me on this one. Okay. I understand Daryl Morey, James, James Harden, they have the relationship. But if you just put it on paper – a straight-up Harden for Kyrie trade kind of makes everybody happy, doesn't it? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you, if you're KD, you're happy because you get Harden, and now the Brooklyn Nets don't have to worry about how he feels. And a Kyrie, when healthy, and obviously Joel Embiid duo, would be incredibly dynamic, and they'd get a guy who has performed in the postseason unlike James Harden. I think it would make all of our bosses happy. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's who it would make happy. I mean, look, that that is the, the most fun hypothetical thing you could dream up, right? And when you... You know, when Adrian reported last week that the Sixers were on uh, Kyrie's list of teams he'd want to go to, that was my immediate thought, right? Like, the world would melt if Kyrie Irving was traded for James Harden. Um, I don't think there's any chance that's going to happen. Like I said, all signs port to James Harden being in Philly and that being done. But, yes, if you want to, if you just want to burn the world down and have the funniest possible outcome, that would certainly be it because I can promise you, you know, I'm going to be on Get Up today. If that happened, I get up, first take, every show that's been put on TV ever in the history of time and every radio show that's ever been created would only be talking about that for weeks. It would be truly something else. Tim, if if for some reason he did get traded to the Lakers or went not traded but walked in free agency, took the $10 million and decided mm-hmm. to go play with LeBron, how good would the Lakers be? I mean, look, they would be a lot better, Keyshawn, but I still don't think they're a championship-level team. Uh, if they add Kyrie Irving. This team would still have basically minimum salary slots at every single place around those guys. We don't know. Obviously, we saw both Anthony Davis and LeBron get hurt last year. Are they going to be able to stay healthy? Are they going to be able to guard anyone? I mean, they would have a lot of questions to answer. But certainly, if they could get Kyrie either in a trade or if, you know, obviously if he signed there, um, it would make them a lot better and would certainly make them a factor. But I I don't think it would be a guarantee that they have a chance to win because – that team, just as we saw last year, they won 33 games for a reason. Yes, those guys had injuries, but they had a lot of flaws, and they'd have to sign a lot of guys on minimum contracts to make up for a lot of empty rosters. All right, all right, Tim. Okay, all right. That, that wasn't the answers I was looking for. <laughs> he but, doesn't uh, like that I'm sorry, man. Yeah, Tim, we well, appreciate the time, and I dare you to bring this up on Get Up and just watch the flames <laughs> go. Thanks so much, my man. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, so what does all this Kyrie talk mean for Kevin Durant? We'll find out next. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 8. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.